Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the 230th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the professor, Matt Perkins. And a back shoulder fade across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. Well, we could have used one of those in our game this past weekend. Um, and uh, that's my favorite route. I love that route. Uh, and if you ask Jake Fromm, that's the only route he can throw. So... I'm glad to be here. Uh, glad to be here for episode number 230. This is uh, this is quite impressive, the run that we have. But it's uh, it's only going to get stronger uh, for uh, for the for the IM boys. It's only I mean can only go up from here, I guess. Um, especially for the third amigo in the second city. That's what I said about my picks. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> a man who knows how to make a good cherry's jubilee. It's our intrepid mm. blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Have we not told that story on air? We have, not. have we have we told Coach this story? Do you know this story? I have Coach? no clue what you're talking about. Okay, so Matt and I are living in Los Angeles. Picture it, as picture they would it. say in the Golden Girls. Picture it, Los Angeles. Picture it, Los, Los Angeles. The year is 2010. We're 2010, at 2010. We're at we're at the classy grocery store, Ralph's, oh and uh, we're like in the soda aisle, and you know I'm grabbing like my usual Diet Coke or whatever, and. Um, there's like some like random brand of soda that had like a dark cherry soda. I believe it was Verner's. I don't think it was Verner's. Verner's only makes ginger ale and Verner's is the bomb. They would not make a product this bad. And, uh, so I'm like, ah, dark cherry soda. I don't know. That sounds kind of good. I don't know what this brand is. Let's just grab it. And, you know, Matt doesn't care because it's my soda and get home and I, Toss them in the fridge, and once they get cold, I pop one open, and it's like the worst tasting soda I've ever had. And I'm like, Matt, tr- try this. He's like, This is the worst tasting soda. And we're like, How are we going to resolve this? Like, w- you know, we're not going to throw away these other cans. Come on, give us a break. And I was like, Well, we got to cut it with something. So to make it a black cherry jubilee or a dark cherry jubilee, uh, you take a can of the worst cherry soda you've ever had, uh, pour a little bit of it in a, into a glass with ice, and you top off that glass with some gin, and it comes out perfectly. Oh. Uh, it's it's uh, two parts gin, one part jubilee? black cherry or diet black cherry soda. <laughs> oh, and God. you've got yourselves a, a, a cherry's jubilee. That it, sounds it's it's a great drink um you know it'll really pick you up in the morning because you got the caffeine of the soda really replace your bloody mary with a, a cherry jubilee that's when i would try it okay uh, personally i personally i think it goes i i think it goes great with a late lunch <laughs> it, it also pairs nicely with it's gin drink it when you want to quickly find yourself feeling good agreed well, uh, guys, uh, are we, we're, we're feeling better about our picks from last week, but we'll be getting to our spread formations in just a minute. Uh, and our spread formations, of course, are brought to you by betonline.ag because you guys know the college football is in full swing. And while you may not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Lots of fun lines that we'll be getting to here just in a little bit on the podcast. But no matter what your team is uh, or even your political affiliation, 
from game threads to totals, team player and coaching props. Uh, you can bet and on the election. The election props. Yeah, election props. Bet online gives you more election. options to wager than anywhere else online. Plus, there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag to take uh, advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses today. That's betonline.ag. Uh, I won a dollar forty in slots the other night. Uh, your online sportsbook experts, uh, Josh, are you curious uh, as to what some of these, uh, as to any of, of, of what the uh, political uh, odds are? You can bet state by state. Ooh, I don't know ooh, if you knew that, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like you wouldn't get much in return for your investment, but wouldn't the smart thing? to do is just like hit trump hard in like mississippi alabama south carolina the odds are probably not very good though i know but yeah, i'm saying you but you, you parlay you, those yeah parlay the entire southeast yeah pretty much pretty much although but south what? south carolina might for president might not be as interesting but lindsey graham's north- getting her lindsey graham's getting a run down there oh he I, I is think north- what, what do you think about North Carolina? North Carolina's in play for both for, for both of them. Um, you know, it's a swinger state. You know, I read I a mean, swing state. <laughs> swinger state. I read a fantastic article about uh, the changing demographics on North Carolina and how it's rapidly turning purple, and uh, very soon it'll probably be much like Virginia, which has been reliably blue these last few elections. It's for those of you interested in politics, it was quite the interesting article. All right. Well, um, what what are the what are the odds I can get, Matt, for uh, for a uh, Joe Biden winning president, but Mike Pence inexplicably winning vice president? A split ticket. It, it hasn't been even, done since the Twelfth Amendment. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I, I'd be interested in that. I don't think uh, it's possible to happen anymore, unfortunately. Uh, uh, just another thing you can blame Thomas Jefferson for. Uh, the Twelfth Amendment. Teach. <laughs> and Josh is a history teacher, guys. Just, just as a reminder, <laughs> we are a college football <laughs> podcast, and uh, we should probably get started talking about some stuff. So, Josh, uh, how was the uh, how, how was the German army defeated in the Battle of the Bulge? Mm, great question. Uh, you know, primarily came down to the fact that Germany burned up the last of their remaining war reserves in terms of oil and ammunitions and stuff like that. It was a dumb gambit. Uh, what they should have done, because they were never going to retake Europe, they should have hunkered down and turned it into kind of a stalemate and a slog and hope that the Allies sue for peace. But Hitler was an idiot, so... Well, Josh, uh, if you if you learn one thing from our podcast, it's Hitler was an idiot. Uh, Hitler was an idiot. Josh, uh, right now, uh, Trump is a minus one seventy five favorite in the state of Iowa. Mm. For those for those interesting, in the state of Georgia, your home state, coach, uh, mm-hmm. President Trump is a minus one seventy favorite. So basically, the same. Um, my yeah, not surprising. My OG home state, uh, Vermont. Uh, we've got. Uh, Biden is a minus twenty five hundred favorite. Um, and, yeah, you're not getting much back on your investment and, there. In Wisconsin, Biden is minus two forty favorite. Wow, I'm actually surprised Ooh. at that. I thought uh, it'd be more of a toss up there. Um, 
So anyhow, uh, but there are many. Uh, you can have an over under on voter turnout at one. Uh, the over under, Josh. Do you want to take a guess at what the voter turnout number is? Oh, let's see. Uh, I think four years ago, about fifty five percent voted. I guess I would say that they're probably going to go higher than that. So that's fifty five percent of eligible population. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say maybe like sixty percent. Uh, but a total number people total number of votes oh total number of people uh let's see um uh hillary had about 60 hillary had a little bit under 66 million people vote and trump had a little bit under 63 million votes so, so that's 129 129 so uh i'll say 135 149 and a half Ooh, that's a big number that is a number but to be fair um, with eight days to go in uh, in early vote or seven days to go in early voting, uh, most states have already reached the same number of early votes that they had in the last election. So, you know, I'm going to say in they, all have, they, also, they also have uh, the, they also have the percentage at set at 60 and a half. Yeah, I, I'm going to say in all seriousness, um, you know, if you want to vote, don't vote like it's fine with me. It's whatever your statement is. But if your decision on whether to vote or not vote is purely based on the presidential election, um, I might cautious you, caution you to maybe look into it a little bit because there's a lot still on these ballots. For instance, Tons. Illinois, Illinois was having a um, constitutional amendment related to our tax policy. Now, let's be honest, Joe Biden's going to win Illinois easily. We've gone blue for tons and tons of elections now in a row. But that tax amendment, we don't know where that's going. Um, voting yes is the smart thing to do. That's what I did. Uh, I've been encouraging my fellow Illinoisians to vote yes on it. But that one, there's probably not too much polling on what an amendment is going to go for. Uh, there's Senate elections. There's congressional rep representative elections. So, whether you love or loathe Biden or Trump and you go, well, I hate both of them, so I'm not going to vote. That's fine. A non-vote is a political expression. I would say you can still make that expression if you want to. Just be mindful that there's way more on the ballot than just the president. So you should still at least hopefully consider uh figuring out what in the world you're doing, because some of these real policies are going to impact you even more so than what the president is. Very true. Very true. All right. Yeah. Um, well, now that we have spoken about all that, uh, let's get back to what we are really here to do, and that is talk college football. So uh, big. Uh, the first week of the Big Ten is in the books. We are now here week two in the Big Ten, week nine overall in college football. Let's get started with the big game of the week, and it's actually in the Big Ten still. Uh, Penn State coming off of a big upset at the hands of Indiana last week. Has to head home, and who do they have coming into town? Oh, it's no one other than the Ohio State Buckeyes, who are riding high off of their big 27-point victory over Nebraska. 27, sorry, their 35-point victory over Nebraska last week, 52-17. to Josh, uh, what does Penn State need to do to turn it around and uh, be competitive or even pull off the upset against the Buckeyes? 
Ooh. Um, God, you know, the, we talked about it when we recapped them in the other show that their sloppiness against Indiana was alarming. Turnovers galore, penalties left and right. Uh, Clifford, not his most efficient day at the office with two touch or two interceptions to go along with his three interceptions. Sorry, I cannot talk, Matt. His three touchdowns to two interceptions, not his most efficient day at the office. Got to clean that up. Uh, running the ball was a challenge. Clifford is also their leading rusher. Yes, he's a mobile quarterback, but that's still not the balance you really want to see. On top of that, uh, Noah Kane out for the year. Um, so that impacts some depth at running back. It, it's going to be a concern. And really, the, the best thing that Penn State can do is just somehow find a way to say the Indiana game didn't happen. This is our season debut. We're flushing that week and just start fresh because I don't know what they can learn from watching that Indiana tape other than get nervous and be like, oh man, Ohio State's going to kill us. That's how dreadful they were against Indiana. They, they were just so unpolished and looked like, I don't even know how to describe it. They, they looked like a team that had just met each other 20 minutes before playing Indiana and they hung around in the game thanks to sheer athleticism, but they did not look like a team in any sense of a word. No, they they really did not. Coach, um, what do you think that uh, you know? Do you think what do you think that Justin Fields at this point can even add to his game? I mean, we've seen him do it with his arm, we've seen him do it with his legs. Is there anything you think not have an incompletion? <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides not having an incompletion, like what else does he need to do uh, at, at at this point in order to? I guess, keep the Buckeyes on their winning ways. Sustain that performance. Don't don't ebb and flow, um, which I don't think you'll have any problem doing. Um, I think the one thing Penn State can possibly do is, uh, in watching the early parts of the Nebraska-Ohio State game, I, I thought uh, Nebraska did a good job of getting first down pressure on Justin Fields. What they didn't do a good job of is second and third down uh, and keeping them behind the chains, which I thought uh, Justin Fields, obviously uh, 20, 20 of 21 for 276 and two touchdowns, did a great job all day of just getting himself back into uh, good place or back you know, on schedule with the chains. But I think if Penn State can, can add a lot more consistent and constant pressure, that's something that, uh, that could possibly affect Justin Fields. But – you know, then again, he can make things happen with his legs. He, he's really good at navigating the pocket, so he, he's not just some guy that's going to get off his first read and run. I think he's really developed as a quarterback as far as, you know, coming off his first read and hitting his second and third uh, in the progression. So, you know, I, I think right now it's just ride the, ride the heat wave, uh, do it consistently, and, and, and see, you know, can you do it week in and week out? This is a conference-only schedule. There's no, you know, there, there's no – Toledo coming in to, to kind of warm you up. It's I mean, it it, it it's going from Nebraska. Whoa to whoa State whoa! There's Maryland. To, Maryland can help warm you up. There there is Maryland. Um, you know you're you're going from you know Penn State to Michigan to you know to Michigan State to to Rutgers to 
you know, <laughs> you like that during Rutgers. Hey, man, season. listen, Rutgers, we've actually got Indiana and Rutgers in the main section of the show today. So that's impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, just keep doing what he's doing and do it on a consistent basis. It's about the only way um, he's going to be the number two pick overall in the, the NFL draft. So, I mean, unless uh, unless Trevor Lawrence gets hit by a bus, you know, the, he's not going to improve that draft stock. All right, well, let's head over to our next game we're going to be taking a look at. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are trying to continue in their undefeated ways. Uh, they are now hosting Texas, who got back uh, who, who got back in the saddle last Easy week. Easy there, Tessator. <laughs> who were, uh, yeah, like I said, back. Careful, Tessator. Back in the ba- saddle. Uh, back? Are they back? <laughs> Texas is back. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. I couldn't help myself. They beat Baylor. Okay, so but what? So maybe they're not back. Maybe they are. Um, Guess who's back? Back again. Welcome back. Ellinger Welcome back. back, Texas. Back for Texas. It's the horns. It's the horns. It's the horns. It's the horns. Do 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 do. We are now the illegal motion college singing podcast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can't find any better acapella random karaoke than than this show. <laughs> what other shows are bringing? Is the J Boy show bringing you that? No, they're not. No, they're they're, they're really not. Um, shout out to shout out to uh, shout out to Jake. Yeah, yeah. Jake Crane, our guy. Shout, over at shout out to J Boy. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, surprisingly enough, I mean, ESPN's Football Power Index, the FPI, which has a lot of issues, I will say. Somehow has Texas as the favorite in this one. Uh, in Vegas, Oklahoma State is a three and a half point favorite. By the eye test, though, Josh, like Oklahoma State is a much better team than Texas. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State just beat a really good Iowa State team. Um, and for Texas, you know, I, I was looking at some of their performances. Um, I picked. The Texas Tech game, I was basically looking at games where they gave up a lot of points which um, or lost. And so uh, against Texas Tech, um, they gave up 331 yards through the air and 110 on the ground. And then against TCU, 231 through the air. So that was a little bit better. But this is where the red flag came in, 227 on the ground. Then that Oklahoma game. 208, given up on the ground. Baylor, they got back. Their run defense was way better, dropped to 64, but their, um, you know, Baylor hung around the game because Brewer was tossing the ball pretty well around the field with 256 yards and two touchdowns. So, long story short, is when they slow down the running game, they're still giving up a lot of passing yards. And against teams with good running attacks, they're giving up tons of rushing yards i mean they hemorrhaged rushing yards against tcu in oklahoma and with the pokes they are getting well chuba howard he, he hubbard. kind of hubbard yeah hubbard I called him howard in uh, the last episode too. Uh-huh. let it slide can't let it slide uh-huh. again well thank you but anyway chuba um yeah he started the tulsa game a little bit slow but he's come on he's up to 478 yards He's averaging five yards a pop. Um, Wait till Chuba Hubbard gets back. Yeah, uh, they also have LD Brown. He's up to you know 
229 yards, averaging six yards a pop. So your nice change of pace back. And the quarterback play, sure, it's not the Mason Rudolph like light you up show. Uh, but Shane Illingworth is averaging 73.5 completion percentage. He's only tossed one interception. So he's he's doing what they need him to do. And my concern, you mentioned the eye test, Matt. My concern is Hubbard explodes. We see another 200-yard day given up by this Texas defense. And the Pokes get their first like really marquee win because yeah i mean we we know that the iowa state win was nice but i don't think most people around the nation do oklahoma state beating texas that's the eye opener and that's when people are going to start really buying the number six team in the country yeah coach i don't think that texas has the defense to slow them down they don't uh, they really don't and you know what you want to hear a damning quote did I say that right? Damning. Um, I think we're, this is Tom Herman in his fifth season. How long has he been in Texas? Uh, Tom Herman um, has this been. This is like his third season. No, 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 no. Third. It's, it's longer than that, Josh. Tom Herman. He's been there as long as, so this uh, is his fifth season. Tom Herman is currently in his fifth season. That is correct. Yeah, because he came in the same time as Kirby Smart. Because I remember. Or no, it's, it's his fourth season. The first season was his first season was twenty seventeen. Gotcha. Okay, so he came in a year after Kirby. Because I remember Georgia fans were clamoring to hire Tom Herman instead of Kirby. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that didn't happen. There. Yeah, exactly. So he yeah. says this. Okay, he's going into season four at the University of Texas. Okay. Do we do we does the scene properly set here? Year four at the University of Texas, Correct. the flagship university of one of the most talent rich uh, states in the entire union. Some would say the most talent rich. I can't remember. Yeah. Does, does Texas have much football history? I'm trying to not, no, yeah. no, not really. Um, some guy, you know, I don't know. They had what's his face, Ricky. He he liked weed. Um, yeah, that guy. Uh, some um, guy named Vince, Vincent Chase, maybe. Vince. Vince. I just uh, I remember the guy. They had a guy named Earl back in the day. Oh, Earl. 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 Oh, my name is Earl. That was a great show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you guys are talking about. A great song, "Return of the Mac." That was like the conference. Return of the Mac, coming back. Yeah, that too. Return of the Mac. It's like it's like a threefold argument. Um. No, in all seriousness, um, Tom Herman says this in his fourth season. I think we're headed towards our A game, and hopefully we can show up and deliver that in Stillwater because we're going to need it. We've got it in us. I know we do. We've been building towards it for sure. You're at the freaking University of Texas. You don't have your A game by now. You can't recruit. You. you should be able to just walking in with the Longhorn logo on your jacket should be able to help you out recruit that statement. That's how I know they're in trouble. Um, they can't stop Chuba Howard. They can't You're stop You're now calling offense. him Chuba Howard, too. <laughs> I know. It rubs off on me. Chuba Hubbard. They can't stop him either. They can't it, stop Chuba Howard roll, or Chuba Let's Hubbard. just say Howard rolls off the tongue better. Chuba has bees in it. Hubbard has bees in it. 
Our brains aren't designed to say that many bees in a row. Well, even if Chuba Howard was playing, they still they couldn't stop him either. <laughs> um, and Oklahoma State comes in with the fourth best defense amongst teams that have played three more than three games. They've allowed twelve points per game. That's odd to say about a Big Twelve defense. Texas offense has averaged forty five points, so um, something has to give. But also Texas, we got to be mindful of who they played against. I mean, they played against Baylor, which their defense is improving, but still. Um, you know, they, they've lost two in a row to TCU and Oklahoma. Um, they've, you know, it's just, I just think that there's too much firepower here for Oklahoma state. And I think the Cowboys are, you know, they're at home. Uh, Texas has not won in Stillwater since 2004. So there goes that mental edge right there. Um, they still have the all time 25 and nine all time record, uh, which might play a part into it. Uh, but Oklahoma state has won four of the past five and seven of its last 10. So, Where's that gone? You know, where's that mental edge gone? Texas has, Texas should never, as much tradition as they have in, in the state that they reside in, should never lose the mental edge in this game. This That should never be a statement, and that should just tell you where their program is since Mac Brown has left. So, um, needless to say, I, I'm going, in this matchup, I'm not necessarily going bullish on, on the pokes as far as getting in the playoffs, but... Um, I, in this matchup, I'm going bullish on on the pokes, and I think that I think they're going to win. It probably won't be a blowout, um, but uh, but they will win, and they will win, and their defense will be stingy. And Chuba Hubbard will 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 run amok, and then Chuba Howard will come in and finish the game. So there you go. All right. Well, another matchup that I'm very interested in with another undefeated team ranked in the top ten, the Cincinnati Bearcats are hosting the Memphis Tigers. Uh, Memphis. Uh, you know, after losing to the SMU team that Cincinnati beat last week, uh, they lost back earlier in the month. Uh, they've come out and put up 50 points uh, in a barn burner against UCF, then beat Temple 41 to 29. Brady White is still on fire for them. Uh, you guys, you need to watch out for him because all he's done in uh, their all he's done in four games this year is put up 1,375 yards, 17 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Coach, tell me, are those decent numbers? They're okay. They're okay. Can, can I say something, Matt? Yeah. Can we can we replace the Big 12 with the American? What do you, what do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, we, we've been doing can, that. On, can, we've, done this, we've done that on the show not for on like our six show. years. Not, not on our show. <laughs> like, officially. Can we just trade Oklahoma into the American and and then just make American an automatic qualifier. I mean, this is are, ridiculous. Are you trying I mean, to make American great again? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like maybe we could just take Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, swap out. Uh, what what two teams are we going to get rid of? Uh, what what two teams are we getting rid of in the American? I, I, I don't care. Um, I don't care. Any two teams it doesn't matter. Well, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're, we're not going to get rid of Tulane because we love Tulane. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to no. get rid of SMU because, you know, they're fun. Uh, we can get rid of South yeah. Florida. Yeah, South Florida. It's dreadful. Uh, See ya. I think we should also, uh, as much as we love them, I think we're going to get rid of the Purple Pirates. Uh, yeah. We haven't loved them for a while. The, the Montgomery era. Yeah. Really soured us. Huh? All right, so good. Yeah. Goodbye, South Florida. Goodbye, East Carolina. Bring in the two Oklahoma schools, and and we're good to go. Yeah, that work for you, Josh. Tech, 
Texas can run the, their little Big 12 yeah. and be, yeah. to have their own little network. And uh, be, question. Since in all seriousness. relevant. Question in all seriousness. Um, Kansas in the American, are they still 0-5? Like, feels like it, right? <laughs> yeah, they are. For sure. <laughs> Unless they play South Florida. I, th- I think South Florida is worse than them this year. Um, South Florida is really bad. But Kansas is a power five school. So I give the edge to Kansas. Kansas has, they're in the Big 12. They have no excuse to be that bad. They have no excuse to get dominated by Coastal Carolina. Maybe lose to them, okay, I'll give you, because Coastal is very good, but uh, there's no, yeah, there, there's no excuse. I don't know. Just not. Just not. Anyway, we've gone a while with this game, probably talking a little bit too much, as good as uh, Mr. Brady White is for Memphis. Cincinnati was outstanding a week ago. They absolutely obliterated SMU, 42-13. SMU was ranked 16th at the time. We were worried about you know Cincinnati not really pay, playing a passing attack, the level of SMU. They totally humbled the pony passing attack. White's going to get some yards. That's that's true. He's too good not to get some yards. But on the flip side, the Memphis defense, gentlemen, not very good. Um, they barely beat Central or yeah Central Florida. They gave up a ton of yards and points in that one. Um, a week ago to Temple, they gave up twenty nine points which isn't terrible, but a lot of the reason Temple only had 29 points was they had four turnovers. If you look at the yardage, Temple had 500 yards, 387 through the air. Cincinnati can score. Cincinnati's really balanced. Mm-hmm. I think the Bearcats, yeah, it, it might be it might be closer than the experts think, to steal a phrase from Lee Corso, but I think at the end of the day, Cincinnati's going to win. And I think the more likely scenario, all things considered, is actually Cincinnati blowing this team out. I could see that happening very easily. I, I think with with Memphis not being very good on, on defense. They're giving up 567 being, yards a game on defense. So that's more than just not very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, with Cincinnati being stingy, they're only giving up 12.5 per game. They're, I mean, they're a half a point away from what Oklahoma State's doing. Um, I'm really impressed with Desmond Ritter. I, I just enjoy watching him play. He's a true dual threat. Uh, he's thrown for 723 and seven scores. He's rushed for 250. He's averaging 10.9s per 10.9 yards. I get so excited. I can't even say it per carry. That's a first down every time he carries the ball. So that's, you know, that's impressive. And, and that will demoralize the defense. I, that's the, that's the theme for me tonight is demoralizing the defense with chunk plays. And, and and Desmond Ritter can certainly do that. And, you know, Cincinnati, they, uh, they're they a good finishing team. Uh, they're a team that will jump on you in the first quarter, finish you in the fourth. And and they're just, a, they're just one of the most, probably one of the most complete group of five teams I've seen in quite some time as far as playing offense, defense, and being balanced um, on offense and being just – absolutely stingy on on defense now memphis will will it, it'll be a back and forth for a while for a little bit and then i think cincinnati will clamp them down i i think the first half will be kind of exciting and then then you'll see 
why Cincinnati is ranked seventh in the country and why I think they should they should get a shot at the college football playoff. I mean, put put Cincinnati, put BYU in the college football playoff and see what happens. Why not? Um, and I, I think it'd be good. Luke Fickle probably won't be there very long um, at Cincinnati. He's probably going to go to um, Iowa. <laughs> that, would, that would be a home run, dude. Back in the Big Ten, baby. God, if he went to Iowa, I would be an Iowa fan. Um, you should be an Iowa fan already. We're lovable. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think I, mean, I, I love think the racism. Tried to get him. Name one racist thing the Hawkeyes have done this week. Can't do it this week. No, can't do it. Can't do it. Um, <laughs> to to quote to quote a really great uh, intellectual show, Eastbound and Down. Um, I love the racism. That's what. That's what. Uh, yeah, Josh. Steve, that's why. That's why I'm an Steve Iowa fan. Steve King still represents the state of Iowa in the House. So the, not for long. He lost his primary. He's still in the House. So as long as he's in the House, Iowa still did something racist this week. No, I said the football program. Eh. I was implying that the football <laughs> program. Did they Kirk do it? Ferentz's punt returner situation. What? He put a white guy back there. Yeah, returning the punts. Tim White. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a Tim he's, White Memorial he's, punt return position. He's a coach on the field, uh, right? He's a gym rat. Gym rat. Yeah. First, first one in, last one out. He's got a. Uh, he's got deceptive speed. Yes, he's quick deceptive but not fast. He's, he's quicker than he is fast. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Oh, phrases that need to be abolished. Yes, he's you know coach's son. The the yeah the white players are intelligent, you know, deceptively fast, deceptively athletic, and then they're coach on the field. Ugh, and then Cerebral. they describe black. Yeah, then they announce the announcers yes. will call a black player. Oh, he's so articulate. It's like yeah. okay, he's such a specimen. <laughs> he's so gifted athletically. He don't have much of a brain, but he's gifted athletically. That's what they're really saying. Oh, he's articulate. He can he can actually string a sentence together. He's not a thug. Wow. <laughs> That's what they're really saying. God. So frustrating. Can, can you can you win the Super Bowl with a black quarterback? <laughs> no, my fa- they, my they were still having those arguments twenty five years after Doug Williams. I know, right? <laughs> My favorite was when they asked, was it uh, McNabb, when they asked him, how long have you been a black quarterback? Yep. (laughs) It was either him or Culpepper. It was one or the other. I don't remember. I think it was McNabb. Because it was like a game. Culpepper didn't really play in a game of importance. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So McNabb. That was cold blooded. <laughs> that was cold blooded, bro. But it's true. Truth hurts. It's true. I mean, it's true. Man, you just I'm a Falcons fan. You can, you just yeah, I mean, you, you just tossed you just tossed that one season for the Vikings under the bus. Uh, Cole Pepper. Any remember when anyone remember where he went to school? UCF. Yeah, Central Florida. Yeah. I remember when he got drafted? I was like, damn. The fifteen and one season that he wasn't the quarterback, was he? That was Randall Cunningham, right? Yes, that's correct. Where they yeah. where they lost to the Falcons? They lost the, the Falcons oh, in the yeah. NFC title game. Um, yeah, he, I was, was off then. He, I was off. Well, I'm not a Viking. I'm not a Vikings fan, so I know. He he wasn't even he wasn't even with the organization. No, he was still in college. They had Brad Johnson. He was still in college. Randall Cunningham. Yeah, 
I don't even know if he was in college at that point. No, no, but. he was in college because he would have because that was what ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety. How do you guys know this much about the Vikings and Dante Culpepper? Well, the Falcons like that was their main foe, and like for like the one season they were relevant. So, um, and then I remember like I was here. In college, here's my I, here's my I NFL fantasy football. Here's so my NFL expertise. Here's my NFL expertise. <laughs> Josh, before you say my that, we daddy is a Vikings. Or my daddy is a Packers fan. He's got that fake Packers stock. He's been to Lambeau Field, and his birthday is in January, which means they let him down in the playoffs every time his birthday comes around. Sounds about right. My, my mom is a my mom is a rabid Falcons fan. Like. She's still like calling me like I can't believe they lost. I'm like, mom, they have a they have an interim coach. It's it's, it's cool. So she's more, she's more invested than the owner in terms of caring about the team. She really is. Dude, did you uh, see my, Arthur my Blank on the sidelines this weekend? He looked like a freaking limousine driver. <laughs> yes, Arthur. Oh my god, don't be sorry, Arthur. Um, I'm just glad they they if, got rid of. If there Dimitrov. was an NF, if there was an NFL Paul Feinbaum show, would your mom call in? Probably. If there was a Falcon Central uh, a centric uh, NFL show. Yeah, she probably would. I'm surprised <laughs> she hasn't called into like 680 the fan. Mm. Like, man, the Falcons are terrible. Matt Ryan, they just can't get him any help, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good Lord. Alrighty, good then. Lord. All right. Where were well, we? <laughs> I, we were. I was going to talk about Clemson, Boston College, but let's face it: like Clemson's just going to roll them. I mean, they're, they're... hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This game's actually somewhat interesting. Okay. Interesting how? But interesting in the fact that Boston College is four and two. Okay. They're they about to be four and they three. gave cool. North Carolina fits. Tar Heels are probably the second best team in the conference. Them or Notre Dame. And unlike in the past where BC was run heavy, play great defense, but as soon as they're down by 14, they can't ever come back in the game. They have a passing game. Phil Drigovich, pretty good so far, over 62.5% completion percentage, 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Boston College is going to pull off the upset. But I think the 31-point line is a little high, personally. Uh, this BC team is not atrocious. I, You know, Clemson, for some reason, always struggles with Syracuse. I don't get it. Um, it's kind of like how the Braves would always struggle against the Pirates for like the 10-year run that the Pirates were bottom dwellers. But um, Boston College, I don't think, is a team that Clemson struggles very much with. And I don't think they're going to struggle with them at all. You know, I, I think the 31-point line is spot on. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think Clemson's going to cover that, honestly. I think they're going to beat the, you know, what out of them. Uh, it's at it's at Clemson. It's it's noon. It's a noon kick. Um, so unless Clemson just forgets to, forgets to show up to the ballpark, um, you know, I, I guess if they leave Trevor Lawrence, if he misses the bus, then maybe. <laughs> um, but then they have the DJ ukulele, ukulele as their backup. 
<laughs> he's pretty damn good too. Yeah, he was only the number yeah. one quarterback in the country when he was in high school. Only, yeah. Um, he was on QB one. He was the he was the uh, guy causing all the controversy with uh, with the other guy that I can't remember his name now because he went to Iowa State and then I think he transferred and never was never never heard never from really again. Never to anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. so wait, you know you know Dante Culpepper's entire resume and personal history, but a recruiting battle from like two seasons ago you can't remember. A recruiting? Oh, I remember the recruit. It, no, it it wasn't a recruiting well, battle. It, it was a like a quarterback. Con- yeah, it was a quarterback controversy. The DJ Ukulele kid was like clearly better, and and they couldn't ex- like and but he was a sophomore, and the other kid was a senior. I can't remember his name, but the Ukulele kid ended up <laughs> starting. I can't say his last. I can't pronounce his last name. So I'm calling him Ukulele. So that's about as close as it is. It, it, I, th- I think it's Wigalele. See, that was close, right? That's yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. But he's a damn good quarterback. That's my yeah, point. Yeah, he's a big... He's a big he's so, a, he, so even if he plays, I think they roll. This ETN guy is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he's all right. Hand, hand the ball him. off to him. Uh, you seen him Yeah, much. they'll be all right. But not much preview here. I mean, just give it to ETN, throw it to Mari Rogers, and call it and, a day. And, and let your defense, which is giving up less than 275 yards a game, just do their thing. Yeah. So... Not, not not much there. The, I mean, the ACC is pretty simple. True, but but I would I will say simple. this: the ACC simple. Yes, this game could easily get out of hand. I'm just saying, BC has probably their best quarterback since Doug Flutie. Yeah, and and any other week that would probably matter. Uh, I think I, 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 I think Matt Ryan would like to have a word with you. Hmm. Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan is coming for coming after you. Yeah, no, no, no. He like, just texted as, me. as much as I used to crap on BC, like Matt Ryan was a very, very good college. Josh, Matt Ryan. Uh, yeah, but me. I mean, Jerkovich is doing this in his first year. He's putting up some great numbers in his first year as a starter. I don't. Josh, we'll see. We'll see how their careers play out. Josh, my mom hates you now. <laughs> does uh, she have a Does, she, does just, she have a number two jersey, Coach? No, she don't wear jerseys. But I, I, she does, no, she see, would. I would, I, see, I would say, I think Lulu would be someone who would have like a bedazzled like number two jersey. Yeah, like I could, but she does. I, I could see her she's, having. She's the, not a jersey person. You, you know, just like like the like like the uh, like, like like the ladies fit like jersey. You know, like the, the but she the, would have a bedazzled t shirt. Okay, that's, yeah, see, maybe that's more her speed. Is the bedazzled t shirt. Okay. She would have a bedazzled Falcons logo T-shirt. That that would be more her okay. speed. Okay, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Okay, speaking of bedazzled, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Yeah, bedazzled. They're back. They're back, and they are taking on the Indiana Hoosiers. Back in the New York groove, they are. They're, yes. they're taking on the Indiana Hoosiers uh, this weekend in in, in uh, scenic East Piscataway. I'm back. And uh, Josh, uh, who would have guessed a week ago that this would be a a battle of unbeaten's in the Big Ten conference uh, going into this one? Um, which one of these teams will continue on their winning ways? Well, I think Indiana's just more advanced in their rebuild. Um, their roster is more complete. Rutgers has brought in a lot of grad transfers to fill in some holes. And also, you know, Rutgers had no tape on them. 
And so it was a totally new system, totally new faces. And Michigan State just wasn't able to react in time. Indiana's now got the tape. They know what Rutgers is doing. They know what Rutgers is doing defensively. Uh, they know that, hey, if you give up seven turnovers, you're probably not going to win a game. So I think Indiana is just a better product right now. Um, but I think it's going to be an exciting game because what you want to see from Rutgers is, is the buy-in you know, going to still be there when things start to get tough? The Michigan State game was awesome. Hats off to them for snapping that 21-game road conference losing streak. Um, but for Rutgers, we mentioned in the recap show, they're not suddenly a dark horse. They're not suddenly a team that's going to make a bowl most likely. So what is their kind of buy-in? What's their head like when things start to go poorly? And Indiana's talented enough to make things start to go poorly in this game. Coach, how do you feel about yeah, this? Yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was going to say the same thing. I just think it's one team is kind of in the middle or approaching the middle of the road as far as their rebuild. And one team, uh, one team just got out of the driveway, which is Rutgers and Rutgers is heading in the right direction. I mean, you know, you look at their defense, they, they had seven takeaways and, you know, that's just a havoc based defense. And, you know, it's going to be a very boomer bust defense when, when you, when you rely on turnovers and when, when you play as, as aggressively as they do as far as blitzing and, and moving around, you're going to give up some big plays. And, and they did against Michigan State. They did give up some big plays. And so I, I think that's going to come back to haunt them as they go through the season, as as teams figure out how they how they like to play. But honestly, I think as far as getting the buy-in, Josh, I think playing that style is going to get the best return in your buyout because for every big play you give up, you're going to make one uh, in your favor too. And so I, I think getting those, you know, I think that style of, of defense is, is going to lend you some opportunities that you wouldn't obviously have. Because for Rutgers, if they're going to be successful, they have to do – if they're going to be successful in a conference like the Big Ten, they're going to have to do things that other teams aren't doing or have trouble preparing for. That was the whole basis of the Paul Johnson scheme and, and why people thought it would work at Georgia Tech. Um Paul Johnson's uh, Paul Johnson's scheme was not his issue. It was his recruiting. He was a piss poor recruiter, and he was he, he just didn't like to recruit. It. He didn't invest in recruiting, and he never he never stockpiled the talent that could, that could make that offense truly go. All right, back to Rutgers. They do things uh, defensively. And I think Shiano's more invested in recruiting uh, because I, I think he's just more in tune with uh, modern college football that I think eventually he'll start to get those players slowly but surely. They have no depth mm-hmm. right now. Okay. Yep. They have no depth, which, yeah, they're going to lose a bunch of games this year, but they have no depth, but they're going to play. You know, they're going to be exciting to watch. They're going to be fun to watch. It's it's going to be fun to play in that system. Just when they finally kind of revamp it a little bit, you're going to see them improve because he's done it before there. Like he knows how to recruit to Piscataway. I uh, again, he's the only person that does. But he does somehow. Uh, and and he'll find he'll find these guys uh that will come in and and 
be fixtures on the defense offensively. Again, um, you know, their system is not just a, a cut and dry system that everybody uses. I think they, they rely on a lot of misdirection. Um, you know, they're not going to blow you away with a whole, you know, with a whole bunch of stats loaded in the favor of either the run or the pass. I mean, I think they're pretty balanced offensively. I think they do a lot of good things concept wise. And I think they just keep you guessing with misdirection. So again, be different, be unique. You know, eventually that's going to help the pirate in the SEC be unique. It's not helping him right now. He's got a bunch of, he's got a bunch of. <laughs> well, and, and uh, Kylan Hill has opted out for the rest of the season now too. Yeah. I mean, th- things aren't good. <laughs> he's a malcontent. Get him off the team. Yeah. Uh, can I just circle back to something real quick? Please. Uh, sure. I was, uh, while you guys were talking um, circle those wagons. and setting up the next game, I, brought up Matt Ryan's college stats and Phil Jerkovich's stats so far. So Matty Ice. Uh, Ice, 2004, we won't count. He appeared in seven games, got a spot start for an injury. Um, but 2005 was his first year as the full-time starter. Uh, Ten games, 121 attempts, 195, 62%. Completion percentage, 1,500 yards, eight touchdowns, five picks. 137.5 QB rating. Jerkovich. Mm-hmm. Through six games, higher completion percentage by a little bit, more yards already, more touchdowns already, and a higher quarterback rating already. I can't believe I'm about to defend Matt Ryan. Um, they're completely different eras of college football. They are. That's they fair. Are That's completely different eras. We are in such a different time, and I don't even know if you could compare quarterback numbers from 15 years ago to quarterback numbers today, simply because the offenses today okay. are just like they are night and day. I know. I'm just saying that when I think back on what Matty Ryan was at BC and his skill set, he was a great college quarterback i mean he finished seventh in the heisman no nothing to scoff at having a top 10 finish for the heisman uh his last year there threw for 4500 yards mm-hmm. 31 touchdowns 19 interceptions he had a fantastic senior year and was a really good quarterback while there but what i'm saying is when you look at jerkovich his numbers are gaudy in part because of the system but I think through six games, it's fair to say there's something special about him. Okay. And and I just I we'll see how his career plays out. I just think he's got a way about him that, um, like I said, he seems to me to be the best quarterback, at least in terms of potential, that I've seen BC have since Doug Flutie, and that's acknowledging that Matt Ryan was a fantastic college quarterback. Okay. Jerkovich is a great quarterback, but he's no Matt Ryan, and he's not going to provide much um, <laughs> against Clemson this week. Again, God, he, I hope God, I hope BC pulls off the upset, and Jerkovich has like five hundred passes. I mean, if, if if that happens, that will be your second greatest. Well, you haven't really predicted it yet. I'm not predicting. Okay. Hey, hey, if he does, I only I, like, I only predict I only predict Beatty era Kansas game. Hey, if he does, I like my crow with. Uh, Heinz fifty-seven. <laughs> oh, I see. I for me, I'm, I'm only putting. Uh, 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 oh God, I cannot believe I just flubbed that line by uh, my, my stinger right there. So I, I only have mine with Tapatio. 
<laughs> and I'm going to wash it down with a cherry jubilee. Mm. I mean, you can wash anything down with a black cherry jubilee, let's be fair. Okay. That's well, true. speaking right. of uh, needing yeah. to wash down, we need to wash down this show with some spread formations. Uh, guys, we got back on the winning ways last week. Josh, you and I were three and two. Coach was four Thank and him. one. Uh, well done, yeah. sir. Um, so we will start off this week. Uh, uh, our order, I'm going to pick first, uh, then Coach, then Josh this week. So Ooh. Josh cannot accuse okay, us okay. Of, of, of skipping, uh, of just <laughs> cribbing off of him again. We're going to start. Well, now you guys might be stealing my picks. Well, uh, if I, I can't be because I'm starting. So uh, Arkansas is headed out to play Texas A&M um, at Texas A&M this year, not in Arlington. And uh, Texas A&M is favored by 12 points at home. Uh, Sam Pittman right now is the best story in all of college football. Texas A&M, a little Jekyll and Heidi. Um, I'm going to take Arkansas to cover this one. Coach, what say you? Um, I'm not, uh, I can't pick this game cause I'm calling it. So I'm gonna give you my keys. No, uh, yeah, I like Arkansas to cover this. I, I think, I think they're playing well enough now that, that you can trust them to at least cover a 12 point spread, uh, against a team that you're not sure what you're going to get week in and week out with Texas A&M. Um, I mean, they played really well against Florida, then they're off. And so we, we don't know how they're going to respond. Uh, Arkansas is a really physical defense. Uh, they play again. They they like to they like to force turnovers. They they force seven against Ole Miss. Uh, don't see why they couldn't do something similar to Texas A and M. But they're going to have to figure out a way to stop uh, stop the run, uh, and then they're going to have to figure out a way to contain um, Kellamond and, and limit his uh, destruction in the passing game. But I'm going to take Arkansas. Uh, if, I think if they lose, they're going to lose by ten. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take him to either cover or outright, or outright win. Josh. Here's my worry about AM. And I think it's a reflection on Jimbo Fisher, who I've mentioned before. I, I don't see the hunger there anymore. But they kind of have the sniff of a team that plays down to their competition. Mm. They beat Vanderbilt by just five. I watched every snap of they, that game. They looked atrocious. Yeah. They came to play against Florida. But even then, a late turnover by the Gators is what let AM win this game. They beat Mississippi State by two touchdowns, but there's all sorts of issues with the Pirate this year. We don't know what that team is doing. So the two touchdowns really not that impressive. And we're probably going to totally jinx Arkansas and... I doubt that our boy Mitch is <laughs> excited to hear that the three of us are taking Arkansas with a track record of our picks. But I'm with you, Coach. I think Arkansas can hang in this game. If they lose, it's probably in that 10 window. I think a more intriguing thing is, do any of you guys think that Arkansas can win outright? Yes. I do. Uh, yes, because Ooh. of what you said, Josh. They play down to Texas A&M plays down to their competition. And if they do that, they can lose to anyone not named Vanderbilt. Yeah, Arkansas is a team that will make you pay if you play down to their competition. They should have made Auburn pay, but the the refs didn't let that happen. So there you go. <laughs> All right, next game, uh, sticking in. Don't, hey, SEC, don't find me 25 Gus, Gus Malzahn's using some of that big paycheck to uh, just funnel it to the Zebras. 
Uh, sticking in the SEC, Coach, your team is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Kentucky. Kentucky coming off of a pretty deflating loss at Mizzou last week. Uh, Coach, how do you feel about the dogs? I hate this spread, 14-and-a-half. Uh, but I'm going to take it uh, because Kentucky is, well, they just can't seem to – they just can't seem to put anything together. Uh, just when you thought they were uh, coming off a very convincing win against Tennessee, they go out and lay an egg at, at Missouri. And so I, I think things are starting to starting to go downhill. I think as long as Terry Wilson is the quarterback, I, I think Kentucky is not going to be much of a threat. Uh, Georgia's going to cover this game mostly because their defense is going – mostly because the Dogs' defense is going to allow that to happen. Uh, I think Stetson Bennett – I think I'm pretty sure, and unless I'm surprised, and JT Daniels walks out there, but I think Stetson Bennett is still the starter. I haven't heard differently, uh, and I think Georgia has a strong on the fronting game that uh, they're going to score plenty of points. I think they win by 17. So give me the dogs and the cover. All right, uh, I'm with you there with dogs covering. Josh, what say you? Hey, coach does does Georgia have a good defensive line? Is there any sort of pass rush that? That the dogs have. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a, an interesting SEC fact. SEC. Uh, the brothers Ozolari are the two sack leaders in the SEC. Hmm. One at LSU, the younger one at LSU, yeah. and Aziz at Georgia. So BJ at uh, LSU and Aziz at Georgia. Yeah, because c- here's my worry. Um, against Tennessee, Terry Wilson was sacked twice in 15 attempts. Against Mississippi State, he was sacked twice in 20 attempts. Sacked twice against Ole Miss in 18 attempts. And sacked twice against Auburn in what was a little bit more respectable, 37 attempts. Uh, Mizzou somehow didn't get to him, but he was awful, 4 of 11 for 38 yards. So what I'm seeing is a quarterback that's struggling throwing the ball combined with a quarterback that's gotten hauled down eight times already this season, mm-hmm. not counting all the rushes. I think this one's quite honestly a laugher. I think they're up by 21 at halftime. I think Georgia wins this game by four, maybe even five touchdowns. I would love it if you were correct on Ooh-wee. that um, I'll take I'll take a 17-point win. I'll just take a cover. I don't care. <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm going big. You know, so, so for some reason, we... I don't know. We always make games closer than they should be. So, all right. Well, we go from uh, coach's team to Josh's team. Uh, they head home after their uh, pretty disheartening loss at Purdue to take on the Northwestern Wildcats, uh, who are coming off of a dominant performance over Maryland. Iowa is a two and a half point favorite at home over Northwestern. Northwestern has long been Iowa's bugaboo. And. I'm very tempted to take Northwestern outright in this one, not even just the points, but just take taking the money line uh, on this one because there is uh, some questionable stuff going on there in Iowa City. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Northwestern. Uh, Coach, what say you? I mean, Northwestern – Showed me something this past weekend. They can score. They can move the ball. Forty-three to three. Yeah, you can say that's against Maryland, um, and they should have done that. Well, they should have, and they did. And so I, I think that was a that was a stellar 
uh, way to get Pat Fitzgerald's hundredth win of his career. So, um, but yeah, Vegas Vegas thinks it's damn near a pick 'em at minus two and a half. Um, didn't see much out of Iowa that le- that gives me any confidence. Uh, and the more I hear of Josh's glowing review and uh, recommendation of Brian Ferentz, uh, the more I'm inclined to say go Hawkeyes. Um, so in that case, I'm going to take Northwestern. They're going to win outright, and uh, you're going to see Josh. Uh, I can't wait to see Josh's running commentary of this game if he's not already apathetic at this point. <laughs> uh, look, the, the last two trips to Iowa City, Northwestern's been on the winning side of things. Uh, Northwestern was the better team a week ago. They looked better. Uh, their offense in one game, their new offensive staff, I can already tell you, is more confident and, excuse me, more competent than Iowa's offensive staff right now. And on top of that, one of the things that Iowa is working in are new linebackers. And we saw Iowa's defense bend but not break a ton against Purdue. But the problem was Purdue was just eating us with these intermediate throws to where linebackers theoretically were. Now, whether it was the linebackers aren't good enough to cover the receiver or the fact that Phil Parker, as good as a defensive coordinator is, never leaves base defense, and we're just asking linebackers to cover wide receivers, which is dumb schematically, the fact is that Northwestern are going to probably do the same thing and rough us up under the soft underbelly of our defense. I'm taking Northwestern, and I am hoping that this is a reverse jinx situation where Iowa will win, but you can only go with the evidence in front of you, and the evidence in front of you is that Northwestern is actually a decent team, and Iowa is TBA. All right. Well, next, let's head on over to uh, the American Conference, where UCF, the Knights, are headed on the road to Houston. UCF is a three-point favorite on the road. They beat Tulane last week after back-to-back losses to Tulsa and Memphis. They're still putting up a lot of points, uh, 51 in the past uh, in, in their past contents to get test against Tulane. Houston, though, uh, Houston has not been. Uh, you know they're doing all right uh, for themselves as well. Besides their loss to uh, to BYU, they have also beaten that same Tulane team and uh, a, a Navy team, which we now know to be pretty good. So uh, in, in UCF, though their defense has not been the same, uh, and traveling on the road, uh, I'm actually going to take Houston at home in this one to cover that three point spread. Uh, Coach, how do you feel? How do I feel? I love watching UCF. I think they're extremely explosive. Dylan Gabriel is uh, is a great quarterback, and and for what happened uh, during the Memphis game, um, you know, I, I think when you compare Memphis and Houston, Memphis is a lot more explosive, and uh, they can score in bunches. Houston, I still don't believe that they can, not at the clip that UCF does. So I think uh, the kicker and the backup quarterback will not be fighting on the sideline this weekend. They'll probably be celebrating because I think UCF's going to win big. Josh. Yeah, this one's just going to be exciting, I think, from a viewer's standpoint. 
Um, Matt, I'm actually with you. I think that Navy game was really interesting for Houston. Navy came into it undefeated in conference play, and Houston looked really sharp in that one. Um, the passing game has been running nicely. Uh, Clayton Toon in three games up over 900 yards. He had 316 against Navy, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 9.3 average. He looked really good. UCF's defense just, it scares me. And I guess they gave all their best defensive players to the Seattle Seahawks, and we're seeing kind of the after effects of it. Just something feels off with the Knights. I'm going to take Houston because I think they're going to win, and the spread is super tiny. All right, finally, uh, it's time to get back to our crazy Kansas spreads. Uh, Iowa State heads down to to the big track this week as 28.5-point favorites on the road. Uh, Kansas, I mean, God, Kansas is so bad. They can't stop a nosebleed, and you know they can't score on an empty field. So uh, I, I think Iowa State is frustrated after their – uh, after their loss against Oklahoma State, I'll take Iowa State by five touchdowns in this one, uh, Coach. Yeah, I mean, at this point, is it really? I mean, come on, is it really uh, that you know big of a mystery here? It's yeah, give me Iowa State all day, every day in this. So I want to take Iowa State, and I think Iowa State's going to win. But I was looking at our good friends over at Winsipedia, and I'm like, how bad has Iowa State smoked Kansas in recent memory? Because they've won five straight. And here's the interesting thing. Outside of the 2017 game that was 45 nothing, Iowa State wouldn't have covered a spread this big. I'm going to say Iowa State smokes them. I'm going to say Iowa State wins maybe even something like 28 nothing. But I just think that this game's going to be a pinch closer. I'm zigging when you guys are zagging. I'm taking Kansas because I got that half point. Is there anything I can like parlay with to like tease it even closer, Matt? I mean, all there's, I mean, parlay with it with, the, with with that Georgia game, man. That you think Georgia's going to be. Ooh, out. ooh, I like that. Maybe that's what I'll do. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll do. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is um, Kansas and Iowa State just historically uh, two programs that have not been very impressive in their history. But uh, Kansas leads the overall series fifty to forty three to six. So, some fun fun factoids for you guys on that one. All right. So, Josh, uh, that, does, that, does that mean you're taking Kansas? I am taking right. Kansas. Well, on that shocking note, I think it is time for us to wrap it up here. So, uh, any final words, Josh? Uh, yeah, there is. We haven't, I, out of I the don't big, know how, we haven't the, buried the lead. I, well, no, I was going to say one Big 12 game that is a little interesting. Um, Coach, was it our uh, recap show? Or, yeah, it had to have been our recap show. 
You mentioned something about the players kind of uh, not seeming to buy what Gary Patterson was selling this year. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I yeah. just don't think they are. Uh, talk about a game that might bear that out and and prove the coach prophetic because the one and three Horned Frogs head to Waco for the one and two Baylor Bears. Woof. If TCU drops Woof. that one to get to one and four. Um, I might have to buy what coach is selling. I, I, I know Gary Patterson, let's not put him on the hot seat cause he's done amazing work at DCU, but, uh, he might be one of those coaches that's thinking at the end of the year. Yeah. I might need a staff shakeup cause something ain't working and losing to Baylor would certainly prove that. Uh, that is one game I can would. guarantee I will not be watching this weekend. <laughs> You know me. I watch the most random games. Watch, watch me watch all sixty minutes of it and text you guys nonstop about like crazy stuff that's Josh, going on. Josh is going to be locked into the bears and horned frogs. All right, I'm the ma- I'm the master of finding the most obscure games and like nitpicking. I'll be like, did you guys see what the refs did in the Tulsa Temple game? And you'll be like, no, because it was Tulsa Temple. And I'll be like. The refs called four illegal hands to the face in a row. Can they just let them play? <laughs> oh, good Lord. And it's usually during a, a game that coach is coaching. So w- when he finally is done <laughs> coaching the high school game, he looks at his phone. He's got like 200 texts between you and me, Matt. Coach looked up during the high school game yesterday, Josh, when you had your rant, when you had your <laughs> Iowa rant, 37 texts. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Things were going well. What can you I might say? Have that out. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, Josh is the king of the obscure, obscure games. He'll he'll bring up, yeah, that uh, that Western Oregon versus Utah State matchup is, uh, is going to be a barn burner. Um, I'm, my eyes are going to be glued to that on uh, CBS alternate K. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, uh, time for us to end it here tonight. So on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, in the Music City, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten County, Josh Cook, up there in the Windy City. This is the professor in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.